This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Kyle and I are going to continue our mini-series, and uh, we're on pros this week of whole life insurance. Yep. We are going to start off talking about the guaranteed death benefit and the guaranteed cash values that come along with whole life. Yeah. So, uh... Let's start off with death benefit since you mentioned that one first. Once you, uh, once you go through underwriting, receive your underwriting class, and are issued a whole life policy, as long as you keep up your end of the bargain, which is paying the premiums, the life insurance company contractually has to honor that death benefit. It is yes. enforced for your whole life. And we are aware of uh zero companies that haven't honored that death benefit yes that is a pretty amazing statistic absolutely yeah (laughs) um that is something that you don't have with term life insurance um i'm not saying that if you don't or, or i'm not saying that if you pay your premiums they won't pay the death benefit what i'm saying is you don't know that you'll have that insurance for your entire life yeah um that and that that's strictly all I'm saying. I'm not saying that there's something funky going on no. with the term at all. You die during the term, it'll you're be absolutely going to have a death benefit paid yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but for your entire life, never have to go through underwriting again. Mm-hmm. You can develop any type of moral illness, and it doesn't matter. Yep. You're so that's that's extremely powerful. Yeah. Um. And your and and your rate doesn't change either. Your premium doesn't go up because you get sick ten years after you applied for this thing. Yeah, once once we set your max premium, it can never be you can't pay more than that. You can pay less. Well you with could flexibility. pay more potentially, but you'd just cause a modified endowment contract sure. more than likely. Yes. Okay, yeah, if we want to stay within the MEC ranges, you can't pay more. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So that's that's really powerful. Um and whole life insurance does that. It also has guaranteed cash value. And this is beyond powerful when you start thinking about guaranteed cash value. And we're going to link dividends in with this. Okay. So, Kyle, when, you, when we show people an illustration, we can see what the bare minimum is that this policy will perform at. Yeah, with no dividends. No dividends ever being paid maximum insurance expenses being charged worst case scenario worst case scenario we can see at a minimum what the policy will perform at Mm -hmm. the company is on the hook for that okay that is your guaranteed cash value as long as you pay the premiums in the amount and at the time that we're showing them being paid in the illustration those will materialize at least at that level yeah okay this is the really really powerful thing Okay, now let's say a dividend has been paid to the policy. That is added to the guaranteed cash value of the policy. And now forever into the future, the guaranteed cash accumulation of this policy is going to be greater than it was from when this policy was issued. Yes. 
And it will forever and always be that way because once a dividend has been paid, it cannot be taken away from you. No. It cannot be taken away. The only dividend that isn't guaranteed is the one that hasn't been paid to you yet. Yep. Okay. Um, that is unbelievably powerful because there are so many things where you can accumulate wealth and capital. But at some point in the future, they have the possibility of losing value. Yeah. Whole life insurance is immune to this. Yeah. I mean, what other things give you this guaranteed, at least the, the guaranteed value? It's not like it's flashy. I mean, if all these policies ever did was perform at the guaranteed values, there's probably better places to store capital. We wouldn't be talking about this, at least not nearly as passionately as what we do right now. Yeah. But no, it, it's awesome to see that there is a guaranteed level. I mean, and each year that that dividend is paid, you can get a po- enforced policy illustration and look at your guaranteed levels, and that guaranteed level will rise because it accounts for that dividend that you just received. And somebody that is inexperienced might tell you, like if they're reviewing your policy, um, say that you guys had a policy with us. I mean, this is hypothetical, but say you guys have had a policy with us for 10 years, and um, for some reason... You, you aren't getting along with us. You know, you don't like or trust the advice that we've given you. So you go and have somebody else look at this policy. And they say, well, man, you know, this thing isn't really doing very good. It's just performing at the guaranteed cash value level. And, okay, so that would be a very good indication to you that that person does not understand whole life insurance <laughs> because yeah, the cash value... You know, once a dividend is paid, it becomes part of the guaranteed cash value. Mm-hmm. And so if we add 10 years worth of dividends on to the cash value, the guarantee is way higher than what it ever was, but it just, it is the guaranteed cash value now. So it looks close to what the non-guaranteed is. Sure. Next thing is, uh, we, we briefly touched on dividends, but this is something that whole life insurance is criticized for. Um, people will tell you, you know, dividends are bad. Because it's a return to premium because they're overcharging you for life insurance. Sure. And I wish, um, I don't have that Northwestern Mutual policy in front of me right now, but I specifically remember that the dividend was nearly 10 times what the annual premium was in the year uh, of the annual statement that we were looking at. Pretty powerful. And I would be willing to bet that that policy has had far more dividends paid to it than it has had in premium dollars actually paid into it. So it, yes, it is a return of premium, but you have to realize that there is also an earnings component to that dividend as well. So it's not just a return of premium. It's a return of premium plus what the company has earned mm-hmm. with that money as well. And life insurance companies are great at being profitable. Absolutely. They're great at making money. Yeah. Um, dividends also, uh, you know, they tend to grow larger as policies age. Even, even if dividend rates may come down, you typically have enough cash value that you keep accumulating. So you're earning dividends on a greater, bro- greater uh, size bucket of money. So they continue to get larger. And you'll oftentimes hear people talk about how policies become more efficient the older they get is because they're gaining more value 
by a larger dollar amount each year as they age. Sure. Um, dividends also are unique because <laughs> with mutual life insurance companies and it being classified as a return of premium, the dividend is not taxed when you use it to purchase paid-up additions. It is also not, ta- not taxed when you take it in cash until you exceed your cost basis mm-hmm. in the policy. That is not the most efficient way to use a dividend, but it absolutely is something that you can do. Yeah. And um, it's also worth noting that dividends paid, for instance, on stock, even if you would use them to reinvest in the stock, you have taxes, taxes due sure. on them. So this is a significant tax advantage, how dividends are paid to life insurance. Yeah. Um, Specifically, mutual life insurance company dividends. Which is why, one of the main, one reason why we like to use mutual insurance companies. Absolutely. So. Um, dividends. That is a huge driver. And if we didn't have that with whole life insurance, Kyle and I likely would not be talking to you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So they are important and people can say all they want that none of that stuff's important. It's just about control of capital, which control of capital, very important. Dividends really, I mean, really amplify. Bring it to, yes. Bring it together. Make it worthwhile. Make this the best place to store and store and warehouse that money. And so let me ask you this. Why? Okay, so I I know the answer. Like, we're of a little different opinion than some people in the IBC community. But why do we believe that it policy performance absolutely has something to do with why we use whole life insurance? Well, if you're not in a better place financially from using this system, then you might as well be using a savings account. I guess I think right. Um, if you're if you're not getting a dollar benefit for it then why use it? Yes, there's protection. So if that's if that's of the importance, then that needs to be considered. But if you're looking for a spot specifically to accumulate yes. capital. That I mean that is what we're talking if we want to talk about IBC using the banking function, like you need capital for that. So it makes sense to put it in a place where you put capital but then you have access to more capital than what you put in, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why you know, we we believe that it's important that at some point in time you absolutely break even and you absolutely have more cash value than what you put into the policy. Yeah. And um, some people in the industry definitely don't um, put as much value on that as we do. But we believe that is absolutely important because at the end of the day, if it takes you 20 years, for instance, to get back as much cash value... Um, as you paid in premium, have we done you a service? You know, what What could you have been doing by accumulating that capital in a savings account or checking account or some other thing and and been doing, you know, with all that money? Yeah, I because mean... Because you didn't have some illiquidity. If your goal was capital accumulation and we sold you a policy that took 20 years to break even, I don't know how we could say that we... Personally, I could not morally justify... No. <laughs> ...the fact that... That I sold a policy like that if for that reason. Yes, if your goal was death benefit now and we accomplished that goal of death benefit. and That's it totally to, different. Absolutely different. Totally different. Yeah. So, and like we say all the time, we cannot speak in absolutes. One size fits all. 
policy design or strategy. It just doesn't work. Like you, you can't, you can't do that with everybody. No. Certain companies work better for certain people too. I mean, it's just the nature of the game. And okay. So here's a really simple example. If you uh, want a lot of death benefit protection for an affordable premium, you're going to either use term insurance or like a pay to age 121 life insurance policy because they're going to have lesser premiums than a 10 pay whole life policy, for instance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Just a really, really simple um, example, but there's a lot more that goes into what you want, you know? So that's just a, Sure. You know, everybody's situation is different. Yeah. We can take that into effect, and people need to recognize that. I know people in IVC world can get hated on by other people because they don't do it the way they think. Well, they, the way they think they should be. Well, if they're just, if they're suiting their clients' needs, I mean, how are you to say that they're wrong? And, and so to get really back focused on control and liquidity, um, this is where we, we have policy loans where we have access to this money at any time we need to without going through some lengthy approval process. Mm. I, for me, that is such a massive, massive advantage being in the agricultural world as well um, because there's opportunities that come up and you absolutely have to be on the ball time-wise well, see, that's, to take that's, advantage of it. That's one problem when we get caught up in rates of return is we don't, We don't know what type of value to put on that. The external? Yes, the access to that capital, which then leads to an external rate of return. And yeah, right now there are places you can get money cheaper. And if it works for you, there's no problem of doing that, that I see anyways right now. Um, And me personally, I mean, I'll speak, um, you know, I'm using my policy uh, for a down payment on some land. And I have more value there that I could be using for an operating loan, but I want to have access to as much of my capital as I can. So I'm using somebody else's money right now for my operating loan. And it is, I'm getting it for a lesser interest rate. I'm paying them less to use it than I would my policy. Mm -hmm. But my main reason being is I want to have access to capital for opportunity. Sure. And that, that, uh, that comfort of having a cushion, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's worth a lot as well. Absolutely. <laughs> as we've come to find. And, you know, another thing, uh, this is, this will kind of wrap this up and this goes along with policy loans and stuff is, is how you're able to withdraw money on a favorable basis from a, a cash value life insurance policy. Yeah. Which is called FIFO, which is first in first out. Right. And so what that, what that means is, the first money that you paid in premium is the money that you can take out. So you don't have to withdraw gains like you ordinarily would from a different type of a vehicle, such as a 401k. Yep. Um, you are able to, if you have a hundred thousand dollars of cost basis in this policy, it's been in force for 30 years and you have say $350,000 of cash value. You could withdraw that one hundred thousand first, and then, well, withdraw that one hundred thousand, not have any taxes due, and then you could borrow against the remaining two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And this is where we talk about how you can access the money without paying taxes, so people call it tax free. Mm-hmm. 
the the biggest downside to that to that is though so first in first out those first dollars that you put into the policy bought the most amount of death benefit paid up additions yes and the paid up additions so then you're going to be surrendering all those paid up additions for depending on how much you take out sure and and really you know in 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 kyle and i's work you know that that strategy where we talk about withdrawing is really just for a retirement income play. That's, yeah. Yep. That's not how you want to use the policy in an infinite banking type sense where you're accumulating capital to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, it starts out as people not caring about the death benefit and stuff like that. But then once you see it being decreased, like you, you don't really want that. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. like, whoa, wait a second. Maybe I, I don't want to do it like yeah. that. <clears throat> Which... The great thing about this is there's a lot of flexibility, so we can do. A yeah, you don't lot have to withdraw things. that first hundred thousand. You could borrow. Yeah. So, I guess that that should be another pro that we need. We didn't talk about is the flexibility. Absolutely, <clears throat> that's probably one of the biggest things. I mean, when you design a policy for maximum cash accumulation, not only not only do you have more cash, but you aren't committed to such a large premium. Which then allows you to start with a bigger premium, I believe. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so, I mean, if you have a $50,000 premium, like that can be a daunting premium. But then if you know that you can pay 20000 as a minimum, like that's, that's a pretty big relief. I mean, if things don't go right, but yet you have all that room to fill. If, if, to if maximize you your policy. Yeah. So... That's huge. And and not only that, but I mean, if things would go really bad and you have a tough year, if the policy has been designed in a way to maximize cash value, you more than likely wouldn't even have to pay a premium in year two to keep the policy in force. Mm -hmm. Not that you want that scenario to play out, but it would be an option available to you and and to still have your policy remain in force. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that we could touch on. I think these are the biggest players as far as advantages or pros sure. to, to the list. So that's what we're going to keep it to. Yeah, and if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, shoot us an email, and uh, we'll get any of those questions answered for you. Yep. So thanks for tuning in this week, guys. And, and this was our little mini-series on pros and cons of life insurance. Yep, hope you guys enjoyed it. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.